0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 729 brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and staying safe. And if not, we'll find you. fanboy pick League up to 729 my name is Connor kilpatrick i am here with josh flanagan hi can't shake him no been trying <laughs> can't do it he's he hasn't been trying that hard if anything the like terminator I'm... you're like the terminator robot very slow <laughs> yeah. <Not> super determined but <laughs> not fast running
1: no huh. and you know like you know i'm not in a hurry <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it i'm i will
0: I'll not let you get rid of me. Josh, why aren't you running faster? Do you see him running faster? <laughs> we are a fanboy, and normally we read our comics, talk about those, and have fun. But nothing's normal. There are hardly any comics coming out for now. And so we're rolling with whatever happens week to week. And slowly the show becomes the G.I. Joe recap show. So, here's your spoiler warning, which we forgot to do on the media MediaSplode. There'll be spoilers. Exercise some caution. Josh. That's me. You had the pick, and I'm really happy you picked this one because I love it and I'd forgotten about it, and thank you.
1: You're very welcome. Uh, the pick of the week is uh, the Golden Age, or now as it's called the JSA colon Golden Age. Uh, right, it's by, been rebranded. Yes, of course. It's Is it under a black label? I didn't notice that. God, I hope not.
0: It's got to be because it's an Elseworlds book, so.
1: Uh, it's just
0: I think that the black label as just a word is, I don't like it. It, it, well, it, can I can I say that this past week finally finally the day tripper absolute edition showed up on my doorstep, mm-hmm. with a big old black label stamp on it. Yep, I mean I was like, oh, I'm
1: not gonna let it ruin my day. No, but it's just annoying for five seconds. This, and this copy, and I'm looking at the digital one, uh, mm-hmm. is the JSA uh, Golden Age uh, Deluxe Edition, and it actually does not say black label on it anywhere because it may have come out before that. Possibly.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, so this was a comic book story again, uh, written by James Robinson uh, with art by Paul Smith, colors by Paul Ori, and uh, letters by John Costanza. This one came out in '93. It was four uh, large size issues. I assume they were prestige. I wasn't reading. They it were. At this point. Yeah, I have
0: the first of all Richard Orion on colors. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it came out. There were forty eight page four, four issues, forty eight pages each, and they were you know the, the those Elseworlds hard bound a uh, square bound. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. hard hard coverage i had them i had them that's why i read it originally mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so this 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 was uh this is like was this pre starman
1: yeah. starman started in 94 so i think that either they yes yeah, the year before they were born at the same time and one sort of led into the other or as he was working on this you know spent a little time with starman and got an idea and then moved on to that i don't really know but yeah that's the order this is 93
0: well, considering starman how often 94 how how long it takes to develop these things? There would probably be, he probably had them the pitches to get. I, who knows? We're speculating. But and maybe this was successful and that let the
1: other one go. Who knows? Sure. You know, we were in high school. I was not reading comics at this point. I read it later. Now I read it I've read it. I've uh, been aware of it for a long time. So I read it quite a while ago. We did a uh, a video show. We used to do these um with a vault. Is that what we called them? from the vault uh, where we would each pick a the three of us would each pick one graphic novel trade story something like that and talk about it and uh we did odd, oddly enough we did an episode that had this this book and day tripper on the same episode uh, back in 2011 so yes we've talked Maybe about
0: we'll, it we'll link to that we'll link to that one in the show notes so you can go check yeah. it out if you want to see it. You'd see some art from this book as well so, um but i I'm, I'm just really happy because you know for such a long time in our reading experience the JSA was a big part of it, especially this sh- the early days of the show. And for me, I read this book when it came out in 93 because I was a big JSA fan. At the same time, I think we also had the Mike Parabek drawn JSA 12-issue series that was happening. So I was I saw these guys on the cover, and I was like, ooh, what's this? And picked it up. Um, and I, it's been such a long time since these characters have been any kind of That's factor true. in the DCU. They got written out with the New 52 launched, and they got some. they got a half-hearted... Earth Two book that James Robinson wrote, but it wasn't really the JSA, and they they showed up recently in Scott Snyder's Justice League as an like an alternate Earth situation characters, but really as a as a force in the DCU, they've been gone now for almost ten years, and so it was nice to be back with them. Even if this is an Elseworlds version of them, this is not in continuity with DCU at the time. Um, it's not ex- you know it's, in many ways it's the classic JSA in some ways it's a little different well I was gonna say and,
1: if, if uh if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking oh well, I'm not really into JSA or I don't know anything about them or can I read it this is a hundred percent standalone story There are characters that you recognize in it they're in the JSA um but it, it, it this is a standalone story
0: it, it's you know, which was strange because in the title page it has an image from the modern-day Jeff Johns, James Robinson, JSA book. If you look on your digital reader page uh, 3, that's from that early JSA book. You can see Starman. You can see the new Starman there and oh, yeah. the new yeah. Hawk girl and Stargirl. Yep, you're right. It's weird. I was very confused. I was like, wait, what? So...
1: Uh... Like we said about a two hundred page story, uh, one of the ways that we pick these out is we we look for something that you could get digitally that you could find that's still around that that we can also read. Um, and uh, I came upon it and I thought, oh wow, hadn't thought about this in a while. And pretty instantly, I mean, a couple of pages in, I was like, wow, this is good. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like like, and I know, I know, we say that a lot but in terms of sort of just a a standalone superhero story that is very much influenced by Watchmen, but without quite so bleak Mm -hmm. an outlook, I think. Is that fair, would you say?
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah,
1: Um, Just the sort of uh, mature approach to storytelling using these characters and really treading the line between being almost too dense and being, uh, you know, keeping you into it, if if that makes sense, because it's... Mm -hmm. It feels like you should know a lot about what's going on, but you don't really have to. You
0: have to pick it up as you're going on, which is a Watchmen thing for sure. Yeah, um, he definitely uns- unspools details yes. as you go. And if you have if you have an understanding of the GSA, it helps a little, but even then, it's different oh. enough where you, you – you have to learn things as you go, yeah, about the we're character. not
1: we're not we're not new at this. And by the end, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, because there are a lot of blonde dudes. there's two two <laughs> a lot main, of blonde dudes. Two of the main characters are both named John. We're both <laughs> married to the same woman and look exactly the same. And I was like, "That's a bit too much there. Uh, this is uh, drawn by Paul Smith, legendary Paul Smith. Yeah, no, and I know that, but I don't think that I've actually read a ton of his actual work. Mm-hmm. And I tend to think of it when you say Paul Smith in my mind. I tend to think of an Alan Davis type, and it's not that he was on X Men for a long time. And I know yeah. that uh, a great number yeah. of artists who I respect are really into that and find that very uh, influential. But man, what a what a sort of timeless, modern and retro art style at the same time. And then just just it, Richard Orion. The colors are wonderful. I have yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a book colored this well from like this early. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Dark Knight. Returns, notwithstanding, or something like that.
0: But man, right. it's beautiful color palette. Yeah, I mean, Rich uh, Paul Smith. I, I think he's. I think he's. It's been a while since I read From the Ashes, which is his fame, his famous uh, X Men story. I think that's the one. Don't quote me on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a while since I read it. Remember <laughs> it the copy Ron gave me, and I it immediately fell apart. Yeah. I had to buy him a new one. Um, <laughs> I just I felt guilty. He didn't tell me to. I just felt really guilty, so I sent him a new one. Um, I think he's doing a slightly different style here. I think he's doing a style that sort of recalls the Golden Age. This is called the Golden Age for a reason. And we're going to get into the story in a second, but I think he's doing a style here that would not would not necessarily be 100% out of place with uh, early Bob Kane, Joe Schuster, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. It's it's not it's not out of the realm. It recalls those those styles with, while still being modern for 1993. It doesn't look like a 93 comic when you think of no. Like, Image or, or X-Men comics at the time, Jim Lee, this is not the art style at all at what was happening.
1: I really, like, I, I started reading, and I was like, wait, when did this come out? And I, it, I mean, it was like 10 years earlier than I assumed. Mm. And then as I kept reading, I went, wait, 93? Like, it really is timeless yeah. in a big way. It's very, like, you could read this today, and, like, if, if, you, if you went and picked it up in a comic book store, and it, you know, said
0: 2016 on it, you wouldn't. Oh, for sure. You win Bat 9. Beat. Um, however. You win Bat 9, 20, 2006, nine, 2016. Two, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: 86? Um, so here's the story.
1: Um, it is after World War II. It is a world where there are superheroes. Many of them went to fight in the war, um, but they were negated by a Nazi uh, superpowered uh, character who. Uh, basically negates all their powers. So for the most part, the heroes went home because they weren't any use in war. Um,
0: after the war takes, well, over- it, was, it was that was what they had to, you know, why didn't because those comics right. were coming out in the forties. So why didn't the heroes just go over and beat Hitler? Because they had to come up with the reason why. And this was the reason in this book was there was a was a paraffin or parasol. <laughs> Para- <laughs> the character's name, the Nazi character's name, was kind of stupid, no, but. His, go ahead, you talk, I'll find it. He disabled the, the heroes who had powers, so only the ones who were non-powered, your Batmans of the era, could go in undercover to fight. Like, you couldn't, Green Lantern couldn't go, The Flash couldn't go, Doctor Fate couldn't go, Hawkman, because their powers were negated and they got all fucked up. So um, they went back home and protected the homeland while uh, other characters, lower-tier characters, went and fought the war.
1: Boy, there is—I there, mean—there are some real turns of phrase in here that are, are that are quite like some really beautiful writing. And and there's a bit where all of this um, takes place in parallel with our world in terms of sort of the global problems, uh, uh, um, red scare, nuclear proliferation, et cetera, et cetera. And at one point, uh, Johnny Quick—I think I'm just I'm guessing on a lot of this—but Johnny Quick goes to see Alan Scott. Alan Scott is the one guy who has given up everything. He runs a radio empire. Um, he's this big guy, and he's the Superman, more or less, in this story. He's the super yep. powerful one. And he says this bit, you know, where he's like, Well, why don't you put that ring back on? Why don't you help? And he's just like, You know how much power I have? <laughs> I, I could, I could, I, I could, the atom bomb, I could, I could do that in a second if I decided to. And I have no right to that power. And I have no right to choose it because men shouldn't have that right. And I just, it really, A, was interesting as hell. And it really, you know, parallels the sort of nuclear problem. But B, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, he's taking this moral stand that I love. He's like, I shouldn't be able to make this choice. You'd think, like, if Superman had that choice, he, he probably thinks about that. It also set the tone for, like, who the big dog in this is. So that right. when, this is not a spoiler so much, but when he does put the ring on, I know, Chekhov's gun. Right. You know, it's a big deal. And then what happens after that is also affected by its beautiful structure.
0: It's important to note that that part of, not Alan Scott, but the... Part about the heroes having to retire was part uh, added to the DC continuity. I don't know what it was added, but it was part of the DC continuity way back into the '80s. I think it was in the post-Crisis world in which it was this, it was you know des- decided that the the Justice Society existed in the '40s, and then they had to go away in the '50s because of the Huac trials, and everybody wanted them to unmask, and so they retired, and that's that was the incontinuity ex- explanation for why they disappeared. So that's that's touched upon here. He does a really good job of taking a lot of this elements from continuity in the past and making all this work together but the the thrust of the story is Tex Thompson the America Commando was the main hero who was like a C level hero at home he went on he went undercover and supposedly killed the Nazi the superhero that negated the powers supposedly Otto, killed Hitler auto something killed hit no killed Hitler killed everyone who was basically
3: fucking everything Parsifal
0: that was it Auto friends. And so this story ends up becoming about almost the side characters. I mean, this is just a society story with basically no Jay Garrick in it. Mm -hmm. Alan Scott is, as Josh said, the – he shows up at the end, the beginning. He's in the the whole story, but he's not really a a main thrust of the hero part. It's basically Johnny Quick, um, the Adam, uh, the, the fat guy. Who I didn't even know was a character, um, I, and
1: I'm, I'm all like, I didn't know all of them, but I go, I bet all these are real. I don't see him oh, making sure. somebody up for this, but that's the kind of stuff we had back then.
0: But it's mostly about the side guys, the uh-huh. sort the, the, of the B and C level Justice Society members. Um, you know, Hawkman has a major role a l- little bit b- towards the end, but I, love I mean, Jay it. Garrick, I love that that and he's never dude. Like, he shows <laughs> so, up,
1: and he's like, I've gotten a little into my Egyptian thing. It's like,
0: no, you're <laughs> insane. <laughs> our man, although he's sort of a, he's a higher tier character. But, um, so this guy returns home to a ticker tape parade cause he helped win the war and he becomes a Senator and he's eyeing the presidency and he just, he's going to put together his own team of heroes who are American, you know, the American heroes and they're going to, um, root out communism and protect the country from Russia. And they're also going to, Expose the JSA, the old, the old members. And so you get this sort of darkness happening over the country as it was happening in real life in the 50s. And um, the, the, the mystery becomes who is this guy really and why is he doing what he's doing because there's clearly nefarious purposes behind this team he's creating. And it was about a quarter of the way through, I was like, oh, right, somebody in this book is really Hitler. I remember that from reading it. It had been like ten, fifteen years since I read it, or however long since we did, we did that video show.
1: I knew uh, that from the beginning, but I didn't remember anything else about it. And to be fair, it wasn't quite as big a deal as I remember it. Mm-hmm. It was part of the story, but it was not the story. Like, ironically, right. Hitler wasn't the big bad, right? In a way, you
0: know what I'm saying. Yeah, and so the, the the main character who was on the cover of the original uh, issue and the original collection um, was a sidekick, dynam kid, dynamite or something like that. Uh, Dynaman. Dynaman. He was dynam Dyn- kid. He became Dynaman here. Who he was. They did some, you know, they've got some post-war Nazi scientists experimenting on him here, and he becomes this super powerful Superman-esque character who can't be beaten. His fists are like atom bombs, and he's invulnerable as long as he doesn't get tired. But he never gets tired, which is—you should wait for him to get tired if you read that early on the story. Um, so he's got this invulnerable Superman-esque character. He's he's running things in the behind-the-scenes. This this um, American Mando character, and then they've got uh, the first version of Robot Man. Then they get the Adam, who was in this story more of the runt of the team. He wasn't as much of a team, so he felt uh, resentful of the JSA. So he's part of this, and so he's got this. T- he's got these guys sort of running things while the rest of the JSA members are either going insane, like um, Ted Knight, Starman, or running their empire, like Alan Scott, or m- making documentaries, like Ken Burns, Johnny Quick, and um, Can I just say, so- I
1: love his math formula that lets him start to run. I love it. I love it. It's that. that's the best one. It's like, it's so much better than like hard water or whatever. He's just like, I do. He does a little, little physics math.
0: Yes. And so this is, this is the, this is the Watchmen part where there's this mystery that's unfolding is what is this guy's plan? What is he doing? They, They keep showing us darker layers to him and his team. And one of them's on cocaine and the other guys has really angry sex with Miss America. And, and then finally, you know, it's all revealed and the JSA has to sort of come back together to defeat them. in this really violent, uh, fight at the end in Washington, where a lot of the characters just get fucking direct.
1: It, it, from a sort of, sight, from a sort of sight, it's funny. Cause that wasn't the part that I was thinking of in terms of Watchmen. I was thinking just the, the tone and the way a lot of it's laid out through, um, captions, voiceover basically yep. is like the internal monologues of people and just, I don't know, this, the pacing, all that, but you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think that if you psychologically it kind of reminds me of um identity crisis
0: i mean it makes johnny quick kind of the rorschach right because he's he's, he he sees that there's he suspects something else is going on and he's sort of the main narrator and he's the one going around trying to figure out what's happening and investigating and trying to get allies together he's sort of the rorschach character i also really like the side story about our man and his addiction and that was interesting too there's a lot of there's just a lot going on here I mean one of really the good. things
1: that's really cool about it is that again, in that modern sense like every i don't know this isn't like giving away the end, but they said there'd be spoilers, but it, like this story takes place, and then the characters keep going on because as the story ends up, you sort of see that like it's not quite like the end of fast times or rich one high, but you know there the people are still dealing with the same stuff and the aftermath It's not like everything's cool at the end, and I dig right. that what's funny because um. Starman is in this, and I kept trying to... I was like, is this the same Ted Knight from the Starman book that he would do immediately afterwards? And it's not quite. Yeah. By the end, though, I was kind of like, okay, I can
0: kind of see that. But... is I mean, yeah, I mean people keep trying to put this book into holes. Some people think this is, like, a prequel to New Frontier, which is crazy, and it's not. No. But, um, it... it 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 just uses elements that are from all over the place. I mean, at the end of this book, half the JSA has been killed. So it's not like it's <laughs> – it's definitely an Elseworlds book. Um, you know, it's interesting, though. It, it kind of surprised me is that I know they put
1: JSA on the front, which I I actually think is a mistake. I know you have to sell books. But about three-quarters of the way – maybe, yeah, about three-quarters of the way she through like – like, The Justice League shows up, or the JSA shows up. I'm like, oh right, all these characters who haven't been in it, because you were saying they're all B and C characters. So when uh, I don't know, is she? I want to say, um, like Black Canary. Is there a Golden Age? Yeah, Black Canary. She 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 was a a Golden Age character. Yeah. I I just I was like, couldn't remember my history on that. So she shows up, and you know, like you know, there's a lot of the other characters. Doctor Midnight
0: and and Sandman, and characters who were not at all in the story. when, When so basically they say. Uh, you have to come to the Senate and like register, it's sort of like Civil War. And so all the JSA characters show up in costume to register, and you know they're all waving to the crowds and Black Canary and it's and
1: this it's- is because you know like the story that's going on is this, this text guy, uh, you know has basically become the up and coming rising uh, populist hero of right. of America, and he starts off and he's a he was a superhero and then you know he's the guy who killed Hitler and 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 Otto friends and he becomes a senator and you know basically is the joe mccarthy and then he's literally joe mccarthy does show up but you know and, and he's getting so much political power and populist sentiment that the other politicians and here they kind of have to go with him even right. though they don't which you know tell a story that's timeless oh you got it um <laughs> so,
0: yeah and so the, the big fight starts actually in the in the senate and like that's where a lot of people get killed and um you I, know
1: i loved the beginning of that scene that um I guess Joan Miss America. Yeah. Um she just starts talking and everyone's yeah. like what the hell is she doing. But they'd set <laughs> it up. I mean but like literally everybody good guys and bad guys are all like what is why are you? and she just keeps going and then ooh robot man is bad shit man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Shut up you. It, it was uh it was a, I mean it's a brutal and sad ending when it happens and and then you know as you said the giant man Alan Scott shows up and um, I loved him throughout the series, the book. I loved that he was he was bigger than everyone. I love that. They kept yeah. saying that he was a big guy and he was like like a foot taller than everybody else. Um, I loved I loved the struggles of his radio empire as TV shows up and so then he has to switch the TV and he won't turn his writers over to the HUAC committee and like he's just a good good dude. Um, yes, with a crack with a cracked ring. Yeah, I
1: I I mean there were a, a lot of things to like about this just.
0: We even mentioned Manhunter, who was a character that oh. recently came back into play in uh, Bendis' Superman book. And one of the things we talked about the show was a lot of people don't know who Manhunter is. And he was he was basically the other guy that went to war. It was him and America, Command, America, America Commando. Mm-hmm. And Manhunter went sort of deep undercover. He didn't get the glory. He came back in to the United States in a crate on a ship. And he's
1: messed up for reasons that we discover later. But, I mean, that's one of those nice redemptive things.
0: He's there, the side... Uh, he's sort of the other side of this story, and he, it was—it was. Um, it was re- I mean, God, and I just keep looking at the Paul Smith, the Paul Smith art, and it's oh, just short. It really the storytelling is incredibly, incredibly strong.
1: Yeah, there are there. Are, I think I sent you a page at some point. There's some of the fight scenes, some of the sort of street level fight scenes were just really wonderfully choreographed, and and there's a there are a couple of actual like um, I don't know, want to say like not dream sequences, but sort of mosaic-y type of pieces mm-hmm. you know that had yeah. to do with like manhunter i'm trying to find one of them but
0: basically like it was a very oh, well he would dream about it being tortured and yeah. he would see it as as uh a, a, you know an eagle being tortured because that's the symbol of america and it was it was very um disturbing on page
1: 43 of your digital reader um which would be it's not on here is what the page number would be but basically they're experimenting on him but they're out in the woods and there's eyes and it's very, yeah it's, it's, it's like disturbing a, kind of animal man like this is the yeah the eagle you're talking about that's the bottom panel but i got to that and i was like what the hell and this guy and i always thought uh i always thought that paul smith was british for some reason i don't i barely i knew nothing sounds about british him. yeah just the kind of books that he works on and how this stuff looked he's not he's from kansas or missouri or somewhere he came up on like the bakshi lord of the rings stuff like as mm. an animator and then james robinson who's writing to be honest with you the most american story you could put together he's from manchester england like right. it's very interesting
0: it uh, and then of course it's called the golden age so at the end of the story you know it's the segue they, they we get to see the future a bit you know who has settled down into retirement who's gotten married you know people have gotten older and and then we see uh, a new wave of heroes has arrived uh, led by captain comet who was a kid who showed up at the um, ceremony to register because they they wanted all the heroes to register, and they were like, no, "No one knows who you are, kid." And he ends up uh, playing a part in the final battle, and so he's sort of the, he becomes sort of the Superman character here for the Silver Age. And you've got Aquaman and Barry Allen and Hal Jordan and Ray Palmer and John Jones and Oliver Queen. They all show up at the final page. Adam Strange, of course, because he's awesome.
1: But even that, like, there's a, there's a bit to it because he's not the one who's ultimately responsible for what happens. Right. Like, he, but he gets to be the hero. So there's this other like you know social comment that's happening at the same
0: time. It's, this shit is layered. <laughs> I you know you, you take the 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 depth and breadth of Robinson's work and he's in the he's in the conversation. Yes. of the great modern writers. He may not be in the top 10, but he's in the he's in the top discussion.
1: I think partially because I haven't really read anything he's he's been in and out of comics he was out he was the guy for a little while then he was out for a while and then he kind of came back and he did work that was okay it had you know sort of bits of him that i liked in it but didn't have this focus i, I don't know if right. the, but or this uh, vision almost is i think the word like he you know there were jobs he took the jobs he wrote superman yep. for a little while they were fun but it wasn't this and it wasn't starman and but because he's
0: or, or, or jsa his run on jsa was yeah, was great yeah I, didn't, I, mean, I don't think i
1: read that actually so that probably should be a thing but um I was going to say, like, he, he goes out of my mind as a, like a person, like, my favorite stories or whatever. So, someone asks me, hey, what's your favorite story? I've got answers. And then, and then I'll click and I go, oh, fuck, Starman. Like, Starman right. is one of my favorite comics. And I kind of forget about it sometimes. Like, there's very few comics that I went and I bought all of the hardcover deluxe editions or right. finished them. A lot of times I'll get like three out of four of them. I have all six of those beautiful Starman books. They're, like, it's a wonderful story. Um, it's just so good. Like, he's so talented.
0: Yeah, and this is a great companion. Even if it doesn't, it's not part of that continuity. This is a great companion piece to that book. It's it's if you're a JSA fan, if you're JLA fan, this is just a great comic. Yeah,
1: no, it's a standalone. It's a yeah. Anybody
0: who likes good comics, thoughtful comics, beautiful,
1: well done comics, it's one story. You could read it right now. It is not like going back and reading a story that is twenty seven years old. It's not going to feel like that at all. There's nothing yeah. retro about it. Just just great. Um, yeah, I. I I remember it being really good, but also, you know, like whenever we did this, you know, 11, 10 years ago, or 9, 10 years ago, I wasn't the same reader that I am now, just like you're not. And so you get to come back and appreciate it in a whole other way. So I assume it was my book on that show? I assume. I don't know. I'd have to look. Probably. 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 That makes sense. Uh, Then day Tripper would have been Ron, and I would have been whatever the other one is that we don't remember anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can find it. Do we have any final thoughts on it while I look?
1: I mean, if I'm giving out ratings, I'm saying five out of five for every category. I was, uh, I thought I'd enjoy it, and I was really glad I found it, but I couldn't put it down.
0: Oh no, this wasn't. Wow, interesting. The, the, that show was JSA: The Golden Age, The Archie Wedding, and Day Tripper. Did I do this? Is this? I had event? to be the Archie Wedding. Yeah. Wow, interesting. We'll link this then, in the Then show. I
1: definitely was Golden Age because Ron did not pick that.
0: Yeah, interesting. Anyway, I this is great. I think I give it four and a half, but that's just you know, I, it's 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 still really terrific. Um, it's this is a great pick, and I'm really happy because I I just don't think about this book, but it it was yeah. great.
1: Yeah, No, it's totally it's worth it if you've if, you know. When
0: anyway. you first told me, I thought you were talking about the one he did with. Um, uh, the one he did where it was like it was like Batman, Hourman, a bunch of other another like another JSA All Swirls he did, which with a different artist. I can't think of at the moment, but anyway, I'm glad it was this one. Yep, it was good to go back. So some other comics came out digitally this week. We're going to talk about a couple of them. All those books we talked about was it last week? Yeah, yeah. They all had number two issues. I don't think we read any of them. I didn't read any of them. No, I think the ones yeah. that you told me that you didn't really like. I was like, well, I don't have to bother with this then. <laughs> So, yeah, I tried to read. Uh, I tried to read Flash, but I just couldn't make it through it. Uh, anyway, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, number two. Kelly Thompson, Veronica, and Andy Fish on art. Jack Morelli on letters. And this was one I had totally forgotten. We talked about number one, and I wasn't going to read this, but you read it, so I did.
1: Yeah, uh, and I don't. I don't know if I'm biased by the fact that I had that lost conversation with Kelly Thompson, and she'll be back very soon. But uh, sometimes when you do that, and you have more context for the person. Uh, it makes their writing more enjoyable in con, you know, c- uh, context to sort of everything that's going on. It, you know, this is this is sort of a nice like escapey kind of thing, and and there's you know, it's a teen drama. It's exactly what it is, and I really, I really like the art and coloring on this. The coloring art's especially. beautiful. I, I'm the art is really beautiful. That. And so, as a thing that's sort of a little bite, you know, like there's some mystery going on. You know, there's a there's a definitely a parallel to. The Doctor Strange, all magic has a price kind of thing, which I was like, well, it's over in Marvel, but whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I liked it. I had fun reading it. And I think uh, we need that from comics right now.
0: It's interesting that this is this, how weird the world is, where you are recommending a Archie Universe fun teen drama book. And I, I could not, I barely got through this one.
1: That's fine. Yeah. No, and and I, just, I don't I, know.
0: And I don't know why.
1: I, well, like, how much is this like one of those Archie books?
0: It, it, I mean, similar, but like a you know, not a lot of not, not a lot of magic spell casting. Sure. In and I'm not reading the Archie books currently, but um, uh, I don't know for whatever reason, I'm just not connecting with this story. That's,
1: that's I think that's fine, but you know, like there's not a lot of comics, and I was like, well, I'll give this another shot. I like Kelly, and I, re- I I'm not kidding, like I think the art is wonderful.
0: But no, but the art that's what kept me going. There's a couple of really just terrific panels here. I'm looking at the one. Um, where she on page eighteen, where she's sitting on their bedroom floor making a salt circle. It's just really there's yeah. a lot of great detail. It's just really well um, shot. Just a like low angle. Um, it's nice. I, I and just, the first I, the first page too, where she's sitting on her bed. I think. Yeah,
1: and, and I I mean I think the thing I like the most is the the coloring. It's just very, you know, it'd be watercolor if it was twenty years ago, but it's just a a nice use of.
0: of Not skin. at her bed. She's sitting at the kitchen counter. Basically, if anytime Sabrina's sitting, apparently I'm into it. But um. I just like that her eyes are dots. it's it's imp- it's almost impressionistic because that but that okay. also that, ex- that but that expresses a feeling that she's comp- she's she's distraught a little bit. She's a little scared and worried. and that the dot eyes make make that clear, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that that whole composition is really nice.
0: ever uh, like everything's kind of hanging. The, you know, like, I mean, look at the like, detail on it though. I mean, yeah. this—it's this, this, this sh- like a Joe Kubert.
1: Her shoulders are hanging. You know, the, yeah. the 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 curtains are droopy. The plants are droopy. The towel is droopy. The cat's even bent over. Like that's a nice bit of storytelling right there. Yep. Yep. So yep there yep. you go. Another thing that came out at some point uh, came out we, over the weekend. Yeah. Since we last did a show. Uh, by the way, that's not working for me. Just having comics come out willy nilly—that's no good. Yeah. Um i gotta i'm not saying that's for everybody for me that's tough no that's uh, no, so good S- swamp thing new roots number one uh by mark russell uh with art by marco santolucci um you know how are we not going to look at this
0: you added some letters in there santucci oh sorry about that uh santucci
1: whose name i know but i don't remember from yeah, what
0: you've seen him on stuff before
1: you know mark russell's gonna mark russell he's gonna do I this thing. i
0: feel like this is mark russell light
1: well, I mean, it's a 17-page intro story, I sort of do a do a short story, and for a little while, I was like, maybe he's gonna play this straight, and then at some point, basically, Swamp Thing's going through, and he's killing a bunch of, or he's he's beating up a bunch Destroying. of guards, yeah. and and somebody just goes, not for 12 bucks an hour. I was like, there he is.
0: There's that to me, so man. this whole story was that there's a an evil food corporation or chemical corporation that's developing a uh f- seed that will disintegrate so that um you have to keep buying you know keep buying it it won't p- propagate on its own but the problem is something swamp- knows it's going to spread to other seeds and kill all the plant life in the in the world so he's going around destroying their plant their their physical cr- manufacturing plants mm-hmm. and uh, so they've got a plan to stop him and use him as a incubator for their products and that's that's on the high level very Mark Russell but I just felt like it was very. Surfacey and thin. the The best part to me were the guards, and that was where he got most Mark Russell. But um, you had the sort of creep show twist ending. But good, t- good twist ending. It was good. However, did they just not do an embalming on her, and they just threw her in a coffin and threw her in the ground? Like, did they not a doctor not check out her body? I don't know. I mean, it would have made sense if he had just if something had just put her in the ground. But then there's a whole funeral happening. Like, a whole formal funeral. So, like, he just, just threw her body in the coffin and they put it in the ground. dude. I guess, because she's, she's in the clear box.
1: I'll tell you what lines just told me what to prepare for and, and how this was going to go. And I really do think that this is probably toned down. I think it's just, yep. make this a little all-agey. Don't keep it that edgy. Don't be too silly. Yep. He couldn't help himself. Put a couple of jokes in there. um. But she's <laughs> the first time we meet this character, she goes, Mr. Swamp, I've been a voodoo priestess most of my life. And I was like, oh, that's... That's lame, but not necessarily in a bad way. I just, <laughs> Mr. Swamp, I've been a voodoo priestess most of my life. That's some loom of fate shit. I didn't like this. No,
0: I did not like this. I had fun with it. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed parts of it, like panels of it. In the same, this is the same review I gave last week. I enjoyed panels and I enjoyed scenes. I thought the art was really good, but story wise, I thought it was very thin.
1: I I thought. I don't know. Yeah, like it's uh I think it's interesting. I was like, okay, I think this is a character that he can do. And I th- I'm 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 maybe putting things into this, but you know, there's a bit where he's going after the security guards a couple times and he keeps saying like I'm not going to kill you because you're mm-hmm. just working, but don't you understand that you're going to kill all and the guy's like, I just it's my job and yeah. You know, that's interesting and and just like it's almost like Swamp thing is like um you know, like a super idealistic eco-terrorist, which actually is what he oh, is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, sweet. You know, and there's sort of another side to it. But at the same time, he's right. You can't destroy all the plants, you know. And then it is funny that Russell just has to have an evil executive. Just outright evil. <laughs> like, it, he's not even trying to, like, there's no gray about it. Everyone no, is, yeah. like, his executives are just, like, soulless evil bastards. And it's funny.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah no. Nah, it is what it is. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was good ideas, and again, I liked parts of it, but not enough to keep reading it.
1: You want more, and you're not I getting do. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, whatever they did these books for, and we talked about it last time, they were in, they were in these DC Giants. Uh, they just, they're not for me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Other people enjoy them. That's cool. All right. Because that means they get to read something. Uh, so that's comics for the week. There you go.
1: That's that's our comics. Now uh, we should move along. We, we we've changed our order around a little bit, so this might feel like it's coming early, but we've got patron powers to give away. So I want to thank the patrons, the folks who are coming in.
0: Uh, right, and we and we also mentioned before, and it's come up a couple times in the in the patron groups. We're not having a patron pick until there's a bunch of choices for to be made between the buzz. Like we could have, you know, this week would have been two books. It's just not really plus one of them we didn't know about until the last minute. It's just it's just it's just, it's just again, the world is weird. It's not going to go back to normal for a while, so there may not be a patron pick for, again for a while. We've, we've talked about it before. We'll, we'll mention it again. Just because I, I saw it come up again in the Facebook group.
1: Yeah, I did too. And, and uh, somebody, you know, people have made some suggestions. That's cool. We'll do that. We'll look at those. No promises, but you know, keep that up. We need to think of things too, so that always helps. But for- We're also having no trouble filling this hour none none i could we could do th- i think we could do this with two books right now like it's not a problem let's move on oh, what what's uh, so patron, pa- patrons that uh contributed uh, over five dollars a month get a patron power we were running yep. low but things have changed um so yeah we're no longer low sean with hats is your man or i'm sean, sean with hats always has enough counter
0: space oh my god does that does that uh does that extend to desks Yes, whenever he needs a surface, whether it's cooking and prepping or working, it just magically he seems to always have enough space.
1: Having been in your apartment, I am
0: understanding. <laughs> I'm understanding where this is coming from. You know, when you're this if you're prepping a really intricate meal with a lot of ingredients, a lot of chopping and dicing going oh. on, and you got you gotta keep things and suddenly you're out of space. Sean never he always just moves a bowl and there's room for it. He always, you know, oh. there's just there's just always oh. room. It's magic. I like that. Yeah. I like it's almost like he's bending space-time. Yes, but it's counter space-time. Oh my god, that was amazing.
1: <laughs> I just had a real like I got I got a sense of calm, a sense of joy yeah. came over me when you said that. And that
0: was f- Oh yeah. His his cooking is way less stressful than mine. Okay. Fair enough. Where are we gonna put this bowl? It's funny because
1: let's just let's get personal. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I have a very different idea about what enough space is. <laughs> and we've had this, like, when we were buying houses, she's like, that house isn't big enough. I was like, that house is gigantic. And, like, it goes to, like, the kitchen. She's always like, there's just not enough counter space. And I was like, first of all, I cook. Second of yeah. <laughs> all, there's plenty of room. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, she's kind of right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan Compton is your Brian patron. Ryan
1: Compton uh, can project um, what basically works like a holodeck. He's, you mm-hmm. know you know, hey, come over here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna go to the bowling alley, but we just do it in our house. You don't have to go anywhere or the movie theater <laughs> or a baseball game or perhaps the Grand Canyon. But you yeah. know, all around you and his guests, you will, uh, for all intents and purposes, be in a different place doing a different thing. Um, not, he's a, hard he's to, a human
2: holodeck, uh, yeah. Not he's hard he's to,
1: uh, uh yes, yeah, not hard to determine the origin of this power. Um, <laughs> but right now, Brian Compton is going to be the most popular person you know if, if that was a thing.
0: See, all things being equal, Josh, you should be living your greatest life right now. Not well, having to go do anything or see anybody. It's just that everyone else is also with you.
1: That is that is the main problem. I am not – my day-to-day life is, is very similar. It's just that there are more people here and they want things and the messes build up faster. But wanting to go somewhere and being able to go somewhere are two different things. Mm-hmm. The idea of not being able to.
0: Sure. No, that's the psychological hard part.
1: That is. But I'm – like, I'm cool. I, I genuinely feel for, A, you know, people who are uh, uh, extroverts, people who really do like to go out and see people, people who like to go to bars. Like, I'm sure there's people like, I love to go dancing more than anything else, and they can't go. I feel terrible for you. I'm fine. <laughs> You're living your best life. I, I mean, like, I'm okay. I'm protecting the kids and the wife and the, you know, like, you know, we, we have a job. It, like, I'm good. I can go for a bike ride. That's the things I want to do. I was, you know, I was going to try to start a band. And that's off now. But besides that, right. you know, I'm I'm fine. It's good.
0: Well, there you go. Patreon patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go at the $5 or high level. Get your powers like Sean or Brian. And uh, what else can happen there? Well,
1: What's over fun? there, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, you will note that for a long time we have been talking about our next stretch goal, which was at the, uh, the level of 3K. Uh, and we hit that. And so... We then uh, had to come through on some promises that we made, which mm-hmm. was uh, Stretch Goal uh, Rewards, our, uh, a monthly uh, non-comics media podcast, which we have dubbed, almost without thinking about it, the Media Splode, uh, to fit mm-hmm. into our Splode family of podcasts. Because um, we have a long history of embarrassingly titling things. <laughs> Why not? Keep <laughs> a good thing going. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so and there's that, and we are going. We are. We are currently uploading uh, our backlog of archival video shows, both yep. full length and mini, to YouTube and re-embedding them on our website. Um, there's already stuff that's going up there. We're doing it a little systematically because it's not really possible to sort of do that in bulk. Uh, what well,
0: we, it's we're just doing a lot of work, yep. and there's a lot of stuff going on. Time. But the uh, we're doing we're doing uh, three a week, so you get a new mini and two new full length shows a week. Monday is mini Monday mini Mondays, and then you get. Uh, Wednesday and Friday, you get new video shows. So uh, you can check that out. Also, we should mention that now our next stretch goal – it's crazy enough to say our next stretch goal is the – as I look furiously for the notes I took on G.O. Joe – is the um, quarterly barbecue and email video show, which, again, it's stupid that I'm even saying it out loud on this show that this is a possibility. But our next stretch goal is the return of the incredibly popular – video show in which we would cook meat and answer emails and we'll do that once a quarter if we hit our next stretch goal Uh, which i am Uh, discouraging greatly (laughs) we have to buy camera equipment because we got rid of all of our camera equipment we have to figure out how that's going to happen whose house are we going to fly to and shoot because we all live in different places now it's a whole god darn technological and and, uh logistical mess but we will do it if we hit the next stretch goal sure and it'll be a lot less meat that's true well for you (laughs) in the
1: past uh, Ron uh, <laughs> you can go to the t-shirt store over at ifanboy.threadless.com uh, you'll find eight designs there uh, including uh, the Stay Home and Read Comics uh, shirt and, and, and items shirt and items uh, different types of shirts different types of items uh, a portion of all of those uh, will be going uh, to what's the name of the thing I'm sorry I didn't
0: So all, a, por- uh, a portion or half of all of our proceeds from the Stay Home and Read Comics design is going to the Comic Book United Fund which is a fund just for comic book stores so uh, once that, you know, once the sales sort of go through and everything, you know, we've been getting sales, but once we sort of hit a plateau, we'll take half that, that money, send it to comic book United fund to help stores in need. So anything you get, t-shirt, a book, a uh, bath mat, anything that's to stay home and read comics on it, half of those, half that money is going to go to comic stores. So, uh, check it out at threadless.com. Yeah,
1: and uh, there's already been there's a there's a pretty good donation in there already, and we're gonna
0: yeah it's cool. it's already our second most popular design.
1: Yep. So check that out. Check out the other designs that are still there. I mean, as always, it's never been more true. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Remember that. Uh, we're always trying to think of new things to put up there. So when we have other designs, we will. But um, go over there. Go to ifanboard.com/support. If you don't want to deal with any of that, like, I don't want any more junk. I don't want to order it. I don't want to be a patron. That's fine. You don't have to do any of these things. But if you if you think that this is important to you and this is a thing that you're able to do and want to. Do that. You can uh, go to ifambo.com slash support and go. There's a PayPal link. Um, we got a, a donation uh, from Hélène Duval uh, this week, who's uh, been a long-time listener and supporter, and we really appreciate that. Uh, merci. Uh, she speaks French.
0: She is French. She, she
1: is French. French people speak French, so that's how that works.
0: Usually. It's, <laughs> that's right. She's how it tracks.
1: What kind of person are you? It does not play français.
0: <laughs> <laughs> German. And finally, at slash Amazon, that's where you can go. Uh, you can find all the books, blood books. I just up- updated it with all the latest books. So you can find all the books, blood books there if you're wondering what to buy, some comics to read while over the break, or not break, but the comics break. And uh, this is not a break for anybody. And uh, general link to Amazon is there as well.
1: Well, they'll fight for freedom
3: whenever there's trouble. Let's welcome Ron to the air. Thank God G.I. Joe is here.
0: This is the final episode of the Mass it's, Device. It's
3: the it, I realized I was doing some research. This I didn't this was a miniseries. It wasn't yeah. like I was like, oh, season one. But I was like, no, actually, they like tested the water first. Yeah. Um what, Connor, why don't you give us all the vital details? But Which I would like s- I would like to read the Wikipedia description first when we start talking
0: because I find it very amusing. Well, this it does make sense that they tested it out with this five-part miniseries before. Jumping in, but uh, that, that, that's good information. Duel in Devil's Cauldron is the title of the Mass Device Part 5, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, originally aired September 16th, 1983, directed by Dan Thompson, written and produced by Ron Friedman for Marvel Productions. And here we get, as Ron's so, going to tell us, this the, is, so the this, finale. So this,
3: is, so this is this is how whoever wrote this on Wikipedia distilled this episode down, and I would like you guys to, to help me tear it apart. Okay. Cobra attempts to destroy New York City, but the Joes counter it with their new mass device. The Joes notice the ring Duke gave the Slave Girl was a homing device, and they teleport to Cobra Mountain. The Joes arrive at Cobra headquarters to launch their assault. Destro redirects the mass device towards the Earth's core in order to disintegrate it. Cobra Commander, in panic, enlists the help of the Joes to stop the device. After successfully destroying the device, Cobra Commander is arrested and Destro escapes. That's not right. I feel like that's a different episode than what
0: I Well, I'm <laughs> I mean, to be fair, those things all happened.
3: To be they fair, all the, happened. The theme for
1: me with this whole the whole series, but this episode episode specifically was that's not how this works. So, <laughs> in a way the, the, that's almost
3: it's, it's poetic, right? Yeah, no, yeah, it's
1: it's fit. It fits because I mean, I know we've said this about all the episodes <laughs> so far, but there were a great many things where I was like that is not how that works. <laughs> at all it was like and they did it before but they really brought it to a new level here like they're actively ignoring any laws physics. of physics <laughs> motion
0: science c- chemistry none of it matters well it started it, it opens up so the, the cliffhanger was Destro kidnapping scarlet and then she uses her crossbow and shoots it with her feet and blows up the controls that are controlling which, the little ship and it's it's taking a, great, a nosedive
3: which was a great cliffhanger because it's like wow scarlet's fighting back she's gonna break out of it
0: and you know then what? so we we right. we open up and you know they're they're in this this death spiral and I, they must have been like hundred thousand feet in the air because <laughs> that death, death spiral lasts for five minutes, and she she, she used through some dumb mechanisms with her arrows they managed to get control of the ship but like it was blown up and then now it's just oh one stabilizer thing's broken and then he's able to fly like normal after that As they right. and it,
3: she didn't she didn't escape it like literally was not needed at all and anyway like she helped Destro get control of the ship so they wouldn't both die and then he kept her chained up.
0: And you know she what? was really I, rude to him while he was trying to do it, too. Like really rude. I thought <laughs> trying to I, help us here, and you're calling them ham hands. And I thought that was a scene.
1: Like, like, <laughs> general, like, in terms of like drama or whatever, I was like, this is a, that's a pretty good scene.
0: No, it was. It was just funny how uh, yes. the big explosion ended up meaning nothing to the controls of the ship.
1: That's not how that works. <laughs>
0: right. And everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the the um, grotesque hideaway describing the Cobra Mountain base is yeah. another. Thing. <laughs> Every episode, there's been one really nice uh, insult. But um, well, well, what what I thought was interesting that she gets to
3: Cobra Mountain, and then of course they immediately, you know, they try to give her the. It's like a redo of Duke. They give her the the headband that that the slave girl gives her the piece of tinfoil, to block it. and and so up to this point, Duke is with Scarlet, right? Well, that's that was the implication. Wait, wait, no, well, that, just-
1: that's at the end, <laughs> and we're talking about that.
3: Okay, yeah, well, well, so because at this point now, what I'm liking is that like, Duke clearly has something with the slave girl, and now she and Scarlet are becoming buddies. Okay, let's, um, just, let's judo do ch- judo chopping furniture together. Okay, okay, okay. Just first, when they You're land, all this furniture when they <laughs> land, you have to
1: respect Scarlet because she comes out of the stairs and she just yes. sound like twelve Cobra guys. And, she,
3: go, and like to the point that when they finally caught her, I'm like, she could take those guys too. Like it's like yes. she gave up.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, weird. She was just showing him what's up. So then she goes and she has. The sexy fight with the slave <laughs> girl, which is actually pretty well done. There's all these like silhouettes on the wall and everything, and then they find out this was
0: where, an artsy episode. You had yeah, that kind of re- reflection in Cobra yeah. Commander's uh, visor of Destro. Like they got real cinematic with some of this so, really rudimentary '80s animation. Which I'm just gonna skip forward
1: because this is the time to talk about this. Uh, when sure. they all get together, Duke shows up, uh, and then he spends the rest of the episode with both of them on his on either arm. They're and having the a th- women, are both hanging on him in a not unromantic way. There's no other way to read that. Duke is well. Now... No, when he,
0: when he arrives, when he arrives and he, meet, and he sees Scarlett and the slave girl together, he and the slave girl immediately kiss. Yeah, in yes. front of Scarlett. Like, full just, on, like right in front of her. And she's just waiting for her turn. It wasn't <laughs> like she was Scarlet. angry. Scarlett is cool with it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, she's redhead. Scar- Scarlet it, is hundred percent down. With it might explain that. a lot. It might explain a lot. Oh yeah, so, no,
1: like the whole thing with snake eyes. Would, oh, yeah. oh,
0: I see what's going on here. It's an got open it. thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay, so okay, so that's a, the party. You're right. They're, they're both. She's got Scarlet in one arm and the slave yeah, girl you know. in another. It's like they're going to retire to the barracks in a minute. Yeah. The oh, giant round
3: camouflage bed. All right. So that's the that's the that's the Duke Scarlet slave girl plotline. For me. Aside from the flagrant uh, disregard for physics and science and all that stuff, the greatest moment of this episode and perhaps all five of this miniseries was uh, Cobra Commander's jaunty cape. Well... (laughs) I, will, I would. You're not. You're not wrong about that. And don't think so I didn't some, see it and see. Say, oh, that's jaunty. So yes. For, so, for some reason, Cobra Commander dons a purple cape and a and a Cobra scepter and just starts parading around Cobra headquarters as if he owns the place. Well, this. But this leads to a, a scene and then a very big
1: question. Yeah. Because Destro says, "No way, bitch." Who's yeah. <laughs> in him charge up and there. takes yeah. over? And I'm like, what is the command structure of this organization?
0: I, There's I mean, There's. I mean, there is. A, he's the second in command, even though he's a contractor who we talked about last week. I don't think he is second in command. I think he's just he's in. He he's in the song. Way. It's Cobra and Destro.
1: Yeah, it's Cobra and Destro. I don't know. I don't know who's in charge here. But that that, that was not. You would not accept that move. In, in well, uh, like in a, like any of these organizations,
0: the strongest person takes over, and then, yeah. the, and then the grunts follow behind. But I like that as soon as he took over, he realizes global politics is really hard. Well, No one will listen to him. Well, he well, so he okay. has all these demands. You know, well, they have to, they well, have to well, talk about it in committee.
3: So hang it's on. Not- so, so he comes – and then you're right, Connor. But he – so Destro arrives back with Scarlet and Baroness fills him in that while you were gone, Cobra Commander went nuts. He tried to blow up New York and the Joes stopped them. And so Destro's like, all right, I need to take control of this. He brings out all the world's leaders. How did – has General Flagg been captured this whole time and the Joes yes. don't care?
0: Yeah, yes. he was one they, of the leaders that was there. They, the, they
3: uh, seem to be much more concerned about Duke and Scarlet than they are about General Flagg. Well, but you know, so they gotta so gotta get to the So Destro tries to manipulate the leaders into doing it. They don't do what he wants, so he goes, fine, I'm going to blow up New York. does the same thing Cobra Commander did.
0: Yeah, because it's they, hard being in a chair.
3: It's the exact same ploy, <laughs> and of course right. it doesn't work. <laughs> right, but then – he
1: doubles down. He said, You know what? Let me blow up the earth. Right. Yes. <laughs> now, he and, says, I'm gonna blow up the
0: earth. And he goes, oh, We'll be back. It's like no, so you're Matt, not gonna blow up the earth.
3: So now before he blows up the earth, they they use the weird mind probe thing on Duke where what who's the medic's name? What's the medic's name? Medic? Doc Med- Doc. That's like <laughs> the most simple name, Ron. <laughs> where Doc gives us
0: gives us a, a tour of Duke's childhood. Which hold on, <laughs> I gotta talk about. I have okay, to talk yep. about. There's a lot here. A lot here. Yes. He's <laughs> Batman. Yeah. <laughs> there's 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 two sequences. There's a sequence where he's in like a gray chem chemist smock doing chemistry, cut to him on a bunch of parallel bars. That sequence has been used several times for Batman. Yeah, Whether you, you see to... him in a gray smock doing chemistry yep. cut to him on the rings or the bars it's like it was the same back to back sequence that they use for Batman's origin all the time. Did so Batman, I was like, Oh shit. Did he's... Batman wear a unitard? Well he didn't go to Yale either. Okay. But um it was just weird. It was very weird. <laughs> 35-year-old um, Gale freshman.
3: So then so then while Duke cannot remember where Cobra the Cobra's hideout is despite this this mind probe, uh they do they they focus on the ring and they do use the ring as a homing device to find her. So they use the mass device to teleport everyone including some of the craziest tech I, like these spider walkers to bring the tanks up the mountain. Yeah. This this reminded me of a memory that I had from the time.
1: Hmm. I always got mad at the show when they had vehicles and weapons that were not available in toy form, and then further yep. ones that did not fit the aesthetic of the ones
0: that they did have. Yes,
3: thank you, because those were not Joe Tech. No,
1: they yes. looked
0: like Cobra Tech. They were scary. Yeah, that's yeah also
1: was... that's not how that works.
0: Right. <laughs> and, well, if you, you this... noticed that Duke, it was Duke's job to fly up with the with the jetpack and yeah. shoot a uh, cable into the into the rock so they could hoist up the vehicles, but then he would. Go up higher. In the meantime, it was hooked up to his jetpack, so he was pulling them up, pulling that was, them up. That's and not also how jetpacks that, work. I was just gonna say, also generous use of jetpack. There was a yeah. lot
3: of floating in, those, in like uh, one spot. <laughs> those were helicopter moves. Those were not. <laughs> um, and so then, so that they use this to climb the mountain. Then they start a ground assault, and that's where everything's going. Then all of a sudden, sky strikers come out with an aerial side. Stri- where did, this, did the sky strikers? Uh, sky striker, uh, strikers get teleported you in? Know, where did, how did they know where how did they know where to go? I don't get it. I always uh, thought also, that
1: the Cobra Castle was in a cave, and now we find out yeah. it's on a
0: mountain, but <laughs> <It's> a <laughs> Cobra Mountain they call it. It's a cave. <laughs> also, um G.I. Joe is really good at celebrating way too early. Like at one point they blow up like a bridge or something, and all those Joe's start cheering and holding their guns up. Meanwhile, there's there's cobra guys everywhere. Well, Torpedo brought weed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, so while all this melee is happening, and 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 very quickly Joe turns the tide and takes it takes over. That's when Destro points the mass device at the ground, and I don't really see Cobra Commander enlisting the help of the Joes to stop it, rather than the Joes coming in and Cobra Commander going over there. And that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty oh, much, man. He just panicked, and they just, and then Gunko shot the controls a couple of times, and it was that over. That was it. That was it. Let's go over command. Not have a sidearm. Oh God. well, yes, it's on his pants.
1: Exactly. Well, he could have just shot. Ron has been talking about this forever. If, you, if they if they draw your weapon on your on your uniform, you not, cannot use it. No. It, is, it is
3: there for decorative purposes only. It's, it's, it's not is, art. It's, it's not functional. No, it's not in any way, shape, or form. Um what a what a crazy ride. So it ends in like they save the world, they capture Cobra Commander. Sure, Destro got away, but you know that Joe, you know, surely there will never be another threat from Cobra.
0: Right. Right. Never. It's done. <laughs> it was it was a, a crazy ride.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the bones of what we love with GI Joe is definitely there, but, um, too many of the, and, and now as we see the character development, like, cause the characters came from the comics and then jumped to the cartoon and then we you see the cartoon take the lead in the future. And now I, I, now I get a, a better sense of why the character designs were so wildly different because so many guys, I didn't know who was who. Yeah, there were too many guys in helmets and beards. Nope, right?
1: Let- I, d- I disagree. With, I, like the more okay. guys they can put on there, the better, because <laughs> they would let me look and say, "Wait, well, so the oh right, that's beeper, yeah. and that's you know, beeper. whoever breaker.
0: <laughs> I know, breaker. but
1: like the early, the early ones had shit names. So,
0: uh, I I, I kind of like the early Joes who all just wore green outfits, and they had you know, they were Stalker Breaker uh, Stealer. Uh, they all had that's names. Stalker Breaker Stealer.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I like that, but it made it harder to, like, the, you know, when they got more diverse diversely, it was more fun as a kid. Yeah. Because it's just, there's it a white dude with a beard and one without a beard. Which one's Zap?
3: Which one's Flash? I don't so, know. So, I definitely do think, this is great to see the, like, the like, com- like if you compare this to the Star Wars, like, the first Star Wars movie is the best, and it just downhill from there, whereas G.I. Joe, I feel like it's uphill from here. Like, this lays the base, oh, yeah. but this isn't the greatest thing in the world. It's pretty great. It's no, great. it was no, really great. I, I, it, it, I finished, finished. it gets better. It gets better. Sure, but saying.
1: I finished this up episode, and I was like, oh, there's a lot there. <laughs> no,
3: yeah. Exactly. It was it – was, I
1: was like, oh, this is a, this is a gift, this show. and, and you know, You're right. It lays the groundwork. So, you know, everything – see, the thing is that everything now is, is new, more or less, for us. We're like, oh, right, this. Later we get to see what they do with this you know right. and move along and when the more Joes start coming in and you know they'll favor one Joe for a while like there's the shipwreck years
0: and the yep. <laughs> oh. Those Flint Flint and Lady J become the main yep. characters yeah yeah I mean also I want to mention uh, my one of my favorite parts of this was so the Cobra shoots the mass device at um, the Empire State Building again and so the Joes counter with their mass device to shoot the the beam out of the sky again Josh not how it works. Um, Beams don't curve. But my favorite part was Gung Ho cheering on the beam. <laughs> Come on, yeah, beam yeah. baby. ho beam. Yeah. Yo, Joe. <laughs> I was like, is, it, is there liquid
1: in that beam? Is that why it's
0: coming around? <laughs> it's the curvature of the earth, Josh. The earth this, this, is curved.
1: This, is, this, this show is Neil deGrasse Tyson's nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> when, he was, was, when he was 12 and he watched this, he was sending them letters. <laughs> Sons of bitches.
0: I'm looking forward to the return. I assume, which i assume, we'll, we'll still do the next part, the next uh, volume. Which oh yeah, no.
3: We're, well, I'm, in, I'm in this for the long haul, my friend. We're we're doing the next miniseries, and then we're starting at season one. <laughs> yeah. dude, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are there are um, 95 episodes in total of this run before we get to GI Joe the movie. I'm locked and loaded for all 95 plus the movie. Two years of, worth. I'm yes, of, I'm kind of with him.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Watch our listenership plunge.
3: Listen, listen, quick kick or get out. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I
1: haven't heard. I have. I've only seen. I've only heard positive feedback. Not one person has said. If you hate this, I want to know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Please let I us do, know because
1: I've really. I've got. We've. <laughs> I've seen nothing but unreserved like praise and happiness that it's a thing. So,
3: <laughs> and I feel that way. So I want to know that we're having a moment. Yep. Um, I feel that way too. I've gotten I've gotten some positive feedback from this, so you know clearly if you guys don't want me around, you want come back for GI Joe. Josh and I can do this on our own time, but we figure <laughs> let's let everyone kind of celebrate in it while they can.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to like you. You have to have Connor there, or are you saying? Uh, no, I'm not
0: even going to say it out loud. <laughs> off. I, I wasn't I wasn't complaining. I was just saying, you know. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about it off show. This is an off-show discussion. Yeah. Is it? It's more fun this yeah. way. <laughs> so that was uh GI Joe. Oh, I lost the script. I have No else. new taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um I like that also Gung Ho's tattoo is kind of faded. It's, yeah, it's well, like he's, light, been, light, he's, he's been around, so <laughs> I moved all my apps. So that was G.I. Joe Do Duel The Devil's Cauldron, the Math Device Part Five, and that was G.I. Joe Corner. Um Josh, I mean, Ron, you going to hang around for an email or two? Yeah, I got some time. Let's do it. I have one for you, or I thought i would get you to weigh in on. Ken J. from the Great White North of Canada says, what was a better run, John Byrne's X-Men run or John Byrne's Fantastic Four run? Uh, I mean...
3: X-Men, clearly.
0: I mean, I, I, and that and
3: that's 100% my fan bias giving me. The Fantastic Four run was great and had some really cool stuff in it um, and paved the way for a lot of the stuff that Byrne did later on at Marvel, like She-Hulk and things like that. But um, uh, for me, it's it's the X-Men run is the definitive Byrne. Like, everybody's fandom of Byrne started on X-Men for that reason. And honestly, I feel like Byrne was at his best when he was drawing Claremont scripts than when he was writing and drawing, personally. I agree with
1: that. when did those I don't think I've read I mean I'm like I'm aware of them, but I definitely I've always wanted to read the Fantastic Four run. But like, yeah. what's the
3: timeline on those Jeff? Um, mid mid eighties. Uh, X-Men was first.
1: Okay. That's what
3: I think. Yeah. Thought. Yeah. He went he went from X-Men yeah. to Fantastic Four um, yeah, so he – a five-year run from issues 232 to 295 from July 81 to October 86. Mm-hmm. So he had come off of X-Men. He did Dark Phoenix Saga and all that fun stuff, and then he went He went to Fantastic Four, and then from there he jumped and went to DC and did Superman or Man yeah. of Steel or whatever the, the hell it's it called. The,
0: he, yeah, Man of Steel Then Superman. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah so –
0: I, I agree. I, th- I think that um, I mean, like, they're, I think they're all, they're great, and there's a reason why everyone from a certain age is a John Byrne fan. But I yeah. think if you're talking about one run, it's the X-Men run. Yep. Um, I mean, She Hulk yeah. was great and you know, he did he did, uh, did a lot of great stuff at DC, but um
3: Yeah, and par- part of the reason why he did such a good job of Fantastic 4 was cuz he kind of he went back to what ma- what Stan and Jack did. Like he really made an effort to like, you know, I- I- you know, be as nostalgic 20 years after Stan and Jack as you could be with Fantastic 4, and that resonated with people. Um you know, and he did he did some cool stuff, you know, like he you know, he um you know, he he got rid of the Baxter building. He You know, he, they added She-Hulk. They, you know, like, they, um, you know, they they, they they added a lot to the mythos of Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. Which is being used okay.
3: today. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, He's definitely one of the most important creators of all time.
3: Unfortunately, yeah. But, Certainly. Yeah. No, 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 the work is yeah, not unfortunate. Yeah, the work, no, the work, the work is 100% solid. Yeah, solid.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah he, um, was the, he was the, he was the, I think the, I want to say the driving force of the, I want to say maybe from that time. I never read X Men,
0: so I don't. If you if you talk about the top creators of the eighties, he was he's, he's, in the he's, he's in the top. top kind of yeah. He's top in the top. Three. Yeah. He's definitely top three. The argument is he's the top creator of the eighties.
1: Well, that, well, that's what I was about to say, and then I hesitated. I was like, he's the top guy from then. I thought, well, that's not entirely
0: fair, but he's in. Incon- no, and I think I think people are sometimes you know because of his recent. Wackiness. They don't want to give him the credit he's due, but his work is unassailable. Oh,
1: totally. I I mean, for me, the whole thing is like I remember uh, right when I started coming back to comics. The the big deal was he was doing Spider-Man Chapter One, and I was I was all in. I was super excited, and it was terrible. And I think that was the beginning
0: of the end, really, for him and me. Well, his 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 sensibility was out of step, step with. The, you know, I know, but body. even
1: that, like, compared to you know the the stuff that I have read of his, the you know even the Fantastic Four stories that I've read or or West Coast Avengers or She Hulk, like it was just weird. And like I get what he was doing, it just didn't work. And also his, the art didn't look. I don't. Know, I think he had either he was inking himself or something like that. It just wasn't the same. i will get, get old.
3: I do like I do, do like during his run, Alicia left the thing and hooked up with Johnny Storm. So it's worth it just for that. That's that that's genius. Family drama. That right? Exactly. Work, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, there was always weird sexual stuff in his books. Oh, hey, which you didn't really notice till you were older. Uh, and Claremont, well, okay, he got he learned that from Claremont. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's much worse on the Claremont side. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, let's see. What should we talk about? Um, let's talk. Let's read Josh's email. Is this from Josh from New Hampshire?
1: Uh, it's not. It's a, it's a separate Josh, as far as I know. Uh, there's many evidence in here. Uh, Josh says, and I can do this in my voice because. I'm it's all it is you. Yes. Thank you so much for keeping the show going. I work at a grocery store in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and listening to your show in the morning before we open really helps me escape from the anxiety before having to open up the store. And I left that in. We always always take those things up, but we were talking about doctors last week uh, and we were yeah. going to uh, this dude same I'm putting him on the same level. Uh, Yeah, working at a grocery store. So I just want to point out, you know, if again, I've said this, if this helps anybody get through their day, then it's making us feel like a million bucks um, for, for real. Anyway, actual question. Aside from that, I've been thinking about this for about three days since I listened to the Pick of the Week with Jim, and this was an older email, uh, and you guys spoke about the industry halt. Do you think now would be a good time to plan for the future with some really strong runs to get people back into shops? I know it would never happen, but if Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey did a short Batman run or just all over big hitting books to really breathe some life back into the industry after this halt, or a time to allow creators to get ahead on books and have a more consistent run of books coming out on time, I'm just trying to look at the good possibilities of all of this.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, well, I sure can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, and and just to be clear, I, I you know, if everyone knows that I, I I do work at Marvel and and all my opinions on this are my own. I don't speak for Marvel in any way uh, in this context. Um, but I saw there was a whole bunch of rumors when the slowdown happened that the the thing that will save the industry will be Marvel and DC doing a crossover again. And it's just like, and it's that that armchair quarterbacking blogger kind of approach of like of of, of ignoring the realities of the world. Right. <laughs> that, that kind of a, I do think that like good. um you know, kind of good creators. You know, definitely is something that 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 hopefully is done, and we can see. But um, I, I think that there's a lot more uh, at play here than just giving creators time to do get ahead of books because someone's got to pay them. And if there's no money coming in, then that that gets complicated,
0: right? Yeah, uh, good, yet, book, good books will always win win out, but just they're not sitting on their hands doing nothing right now. Well, some are People, because there's no other choice. But- right. Right. I mean, what I mean is that it's not like they're just saying, "Well, maybe we should not." Right. The people in charge aren't just going, "Well, I guess we'll just figure that it later." It's they've got to work with not having income and not being able to go to offices and not being able to plan and, yeah.
1: I I think, I I think Ron's right. My instinct every time somebody talks about the crossover is that like, that's the same old, same old in terms of like, let's get the same people who always buy comics anyway excited, which is fine. But whatever, I do think that there is something to be said, you know if people were able to line up some really prestige, great runs by sort of great folks, you know, like it'd be really cool to be done with this. And all of a sudden comics to have mainstream comics to have this nice little Renaissance of like getting back to the things that are important instead of digging themselves into this concept, like let's try to make up a slightly new character that we can monetize. And I know that that's the deal, but like a Marvel Knights type of thing, just do some really great comics for a little while. would get people excited to get it going back in. Um, I think that's that's neat, but
0: I, I, also I, I don't know. I, I think the I think honestly, I think the more excitement would come from Marvel DC crossover than a Marvel Knights run type run.
1: I mean, either way, I don't think that yeah. is. I don't think that stuff is going to drive more people to the stores that would have anyway. The comic book audience is installed.
3: I, I do th- I do think that I, just and speaking as a fan I do think that that the applying the same um, evaluation of the industry and the way it works now that we had from ten years ago is flawed inherently because um, we've seen you know like I, and I got this when I worked at Image and in and, and, and in terms of sales and stuff like that you know 10, 15 years ago when we started doing this you know Bendis and. Brubaker and Miller and and Rucker. and Joss Whedon and Rucker and and Rucker and these names really John Cassidy these names really move the needle and you know we saw it when Bendis went to D.C. A name doesn't move the needle anymore. Yeah. You know honestly I hate to say it's it changed. but I hate to say it, nothing moves the needle anymore. Well right. You I, know I, like I like if, if anything thing. that moves the needle is is variant covers and um you know not even Kirkman doesn't even move the needle anymore. You know so it's like it's like overdoing variant covers crazy sales um uh, um you know kind of sales tactics to get or, or retailers order more which Marvel does a ton of as well or did. I don't know if they're going to still do that when when it comes back. It's it's really I don't I I if I you know clearly if I knew what the the recipe was to fix the industry I would tell my employers, and we'd do it. But um, but it's it's hard. And what moves the needle is not what moved the needle ten years ago. That's a really good point. And I, I think I've had that thought, but I think you articulated it better than I have. No, that's
1: totally like uh, like it's true. Like, what do you what do you like? You know, it, it, I've said for a long time. Like, it's the same audience. It's just us. Yep. You're like and and like how how do you get? No one's figured that answer out. And it's not like they haven't tried everything. It's not like they didn't try to put. Comics in the movie theaters when they went and saw that the movies are different things. They don't have anything to do with comics, you know, more or less. there's yep. Blips here and there. Uh, it's tough. I, do, I don't envy. I don't envy people in the publisher position. I don't envy creators. You know. Yep. That that's a really tough position to be in, and this is not helping. So, I mean, the, I think the most you can say about it is it's going to be awful interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like something's going to change, and it's going to uh-huh. be significant it'll be interesting that doesn't mean qualitatively good or bad but yeah so all
0: right so that's the emails thanks ron thank you it's always
3: fun to drop in i love you guys i love the fanboy audience uh go enjoy your comics and your gi joe
0: all right all right (laughs) bye bye should we uh throw ron under the bus with this last email yep now that he's not here from robert I've always loved to hear your choices for the goddamn American treasure. I've totally agreed with all the ones I've heard. My question is, have you ever given the honorific to a woman? I can think of a few off the top of my head. Meryl Streep, Allison Janney, Catherine Hepburn immediately come to mind. I'm sure I could think of more. I've been thinking about this since the last time I watched Bad Education and realized uh, what I've never seen a bad or mediocre performance by Allison Janney. So a couple of things going on here before we get to the question, which is, the Goddamn American Treasures is an honorific we've been giving out on Patron Hangouts. Now, Robert is not a patron because he would know the answer to this question, he would know there are rules to the Goddamn American Treasure, which is we have to be alive, which would immediately eliminate Catherine Hepburn. Um, I'm sorry, she can't be one. So we we've had that discussion several times on the Patron Hangouts, although we've closed the book on the on the on the Goddamn American Treasures after we put the entire cast of V.R. on, um. There are actually a lot of women, which, which may uh, not
1: hold up to history, by the way.
0: Yeah, it may not hold up in court. We may have to, they may get challenged in court. Um, there are a lot of women. I'm trying to get the list up right now I, while I can we get talk. I got a
1: couple off the top. If
0: Alice, but, but it's important to note that they all have to. All three of us have to vote them in, and we've had an obstinate member of the group who has been blocking Meryl Streep every time she's been nominated. Yes.
1: Um, and that's is Allison Janney not?
0: I'm trying to give give me a second because that would Patreon be changed their whole goddamn UI and now it's. I, Finding things that I less,
1: know less. that I know that Jennifer Lawrence is a G-dad.
0: Yeah, I remember that much.
1: Uh, Carol Burnett. Uh, Carol Burnett is Lily a G-dad. Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Yeah, yeah, here we go. I
0: found. I finally, found the tags. Hold on. I, I, if Allison Janney isn't, that's solely because but we. But the problem is, that. Ron's never watched The West Wing, and he that's likes, like, again. He, he likes her. All right, her her here story. we go. I found the list. Here is the current. Complete list of I uh, fanboy Goddamn American Treasures as discussed on the Patreon hangouts. Tom Hanks is the chairman emeritus. Nice. B- Bill Murray, George Clooney, Mel Brooks, Jeff Bridges, Denzel Washington, Carol, Robert De Niro, Carol Burnett, Jennifer Lawrence, Lily Tomlin, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson, Robert Redford, Sally Field, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Alan Alda, Morgan Freeman, Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, The Rock, Dick Van Dyke, Steve Martin, Michael Keaton, Paul Rudd, Jeff Goldblum, John Goodman, Francis McDormand, Allison Janney... Harrison Ford, Chevy Chase, Penny Marshall, Weird Al Yankovic, Kurt Russell, Mark Hamill, Steve Buscemi, Meryl Streep. She finally got in. I forgot. There you go. Yeah. Ron relented. Sydney Poitier, and in the the entire first season regular cast <laughs> of asked ER. Me,
1: it has to be first season because I thought, well, several of those people are getting in just <laughs> on the ER clause. Right. Like there was there wasn't there was not a small number of people in there.
0: So, Meryl Streep is a G Dat. Uh Alison Janney is a G Dad and Catherine Hepburn, if we were doing the show in the nineteen forties, would be a G Dad, but she's not because sure. she's dead.
1: No problem. Absolutely. So there you go. Uh there listen, we're three dudes and they're they're dudes who we want to be and hang out with or whatever, and there's a disproportionate number of men. I get that. But <sighs> yeah. also it's only actors. Yeah, actors. yeah, yeah, that's actors. true. Also, but I mean Alison Janney's oh, she, oh, You're she's not the best. You're wrong. She's the literal best. She's she's like um I always think of, uh, I was going to say Schillinger, J.K. Simmons. Like, right. whenever he's in a thing, you're like, oh, this is great. She's like that, but she's better than him, and he's really good. Yeah, he's not even a as No, he's not. He's a, what would you say? I mean, we can, this is an official.
0: Is he a, a teacher? Is he an A.T.? I should team? also point out we, we, we really enjoy making the rules as arcane as possible. That's our deal. Um,
1: yeah, if you're like, this doesn't make sense, that's correct.
0: We have a T-shirt for you.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 always selling. Always moving units.
0: <laughs> He's an American treasure. He's an AT. Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Robert and Josh and Ken. fanboy.com is how you can write in. Let's wrap up.
1: Let's do that. Uh, here's stuff. Uh, I mentioned Kelly Thompson earlier. Uh, I'm going to reach out. We're going to schedule something. We're going to get her Talksplode, uh second edition. <laughs>
0: Uh, Question, when you do this show, that show, are you going to acknowledge that you're doing it again, or are you just going to pretend like it's a... It's a well, I, it's mean, a...
1: I am currently acknowledging it, so yes, no, I am going to acknowledge it. Maybe I'll just stick the old audio on the end.
0: <laughs> just hearing her talk. Yeah, yeah just you? hearing
1: her talk. It's worth it, You and you'll have to piece together, and that way it won't be a complete waste. Certainly I still think you should
0: it. go back and you should re-record your questions based on the context of what it was being talked about.
1: Can I do it in the voice of Eddie Vedder?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: What would you say was the moment you fell in love with books? And then, like, the next question would be, like, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah,
0: you should do that. I, would, I think that would be a better use of Tell your time. Tell me about
1: Captain Marvel, okay? It's a good movie.
0: <laughs> Wait, you don't have so the, the book, movie? The book's blowed. It's coming out. It's Jack Kirby's New Gods. And we don't know when that's coming because it's a very long read. It is. and It's, it's, it's only 12 issues or 13 issues, but it's very long.
1: He, he loves words, and he likes to bold many of those words
0: so um i I would think that's going to come in mid may uh unless we really get on it and get it done next uh next week but that's a that's a, that's a big f yeah uh
1: yeah. there's a media explode episode that came out uh, yes. this this week past uh we we talked about almost famous um we are still friends yeah. um <laughs> we
0: were friends at the end of the episode that's what that's everyone true.
1: needs to understand we love we we there's i mean there's there's we there's, bust there's, balls yeah uh, Almost famous. Uh, we talked about "Plot Against America," uh, the HBO miniseries uh, from David Simon and Ed Burns, based on the Philip Roth book. Um, and we did the discussion at the beginning, which will be our thing, is what we've been streaming, listening to, or, or you know, sort of watching or reading lately. Yep, and it's, then they're really fun. You should you should go check it out. Uh, if even if you're not a patron, you can listen to it. They brought it to you, but you can also enjoy it.
0: But if you are a patron, nah, not next Saturday, but in two Saturdays. May 16th is our next patron hangout, our May hangout, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour of nonsense with the three of us talking about whatever. And But before that, again, while we're still all in quarantine and many of us will still be at that point, at least those of us doing the show, we're doing our Tiki Happy Hour for everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, I forgot. Both these shows are available for everyone, not just patrons. We're still doing that while things are officially locked down. So anyone can come watch the patron hangout on May 16th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. And then before that... It's the tiki happy hour uh, five p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. Eastern. Me and Gordon, the intern, and hopefully some special guests like last time will come and drink and talk about not talk about drunken nonsense before we get to the comic book nonsense. Um uh, so that's all happening May sixteenth at five PM Pacific. You can find links. There'll be a link for that on our, our fanboy.com or Patreon.com if you're a patron. Uh, it's all happening there. It's all happening it's in my head now from that yeah. club. i didn't change I these have...
1: names around so i'll do this part okay. uh, head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts all of the video shows that are there and that will be showing up that's going to keep growing uh you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy following at ifanboy on twitter or following at ifanboy comics on instagram whatever the pick is i mean it seems like we're pretty much leaning into this collected edition of something but
0: we reserve the right it could be anything. It could be my sandwich I had for lunch. It depends on how good it is that day. I would love the challenge of
1: spending twenty minutes talking about your sandwich and trying to make it entertaining. I'm not. I'm not even joking. Uh, follow us individually: CS Kilpatrick on Instagram, uh, Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, at Ronxo on all of those things yeah uh you can subscribe to our youtube page uh go going to youtube.com slash ifanboy you can keep up to date on the old video show uh reuploads and we're putting the show on there now right
0: yeah for, for, right, we're just trying some things so we've been uploading this show as well to youtube so, and somebody said that they, they put it up on their tv and listen to it through their nice tv speakers so that's that's a benefit that's I'm going cool. through.
1: I'm, I'm I'm pushing through. If you right, like this show, fine. write a review, leave a star rating uh, on Apple Podcasts uh, or, or wherever it is that you do that kind of thing. Better yet, like we've said many times, if you want to tell people about it, you want to share it on social media, you want to let people know about it, you want to say that you really liked a particular episode or a thing and you're digging the G.I. Joe stuff. I mean, if there was ever a time to be like, hey, I know you're not into comics, but you grew up when we did and you want to watch G.I. Joe, I'm not going to get mad if you tell somebody else about it and they have a good time listening for sure. Uh Thanks, Ron, for coming on the show. I guess we're yep. not getting rid of him. Um, it's like a weed. He's not, you know what? Not a jamoke anymore. He's not there. <laughs> I don't. Want he claimed him. he was last week, but he is not a jamoke. No, he's pre jamoke, and yeah. he has not. You don't just. I'm sorry. There's there's got to be rules that we make up on the spot. Arcane. Yes, very. <laughs> they can the, the thing is, they can't hold up in court because there is no court.
0: Right. We are the court. It's right we're the judge the jury and And the executioners
1: and it doesn't make sense and it It doesn't matter matter. and that is not how that works
0: alright so that's another show thanks everyone stay safe out there wash your hands stay inside Uh, you know let's don't go crazy keep your Jack Torrance at a
1: minimum as best as possible Um, is that is that like is that a reference that is only for old people
0: I don't know maybe I guess alright I don't know I don't know when next week I don't even know what the pick's going to be. We'll figure it out. Talk to you then. Bye.